You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, that's me. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Brett, Hall, Cortnall, Campbell, Cujo, Jenny, Oates, Brown, Chase, Fuhrer, Zombo, Sezzle, Butcher, Shanty, Tilly, Tuttle, Sutter, Twister, Turcot, Kimball, Turgeon, Baron, Bassin, Pronger, Pearson, Bergevin, Bozon, Al McKinnis, Crabchuck, Howard, Chuck, Petrovicki, Pellerin, Dimitra, Yate, Corson, Conrad, Gretzky. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup near 52, man. Give me a let's go blue. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, your hockey podcast network home for your 2019 Stanley Cup champions of the world, the St. Louis Blues. I am one of your hosts, Tom Franklin, joined as always by my partner in crime, Wags. And Wags, it's a, it's a late night. It is currently 1.02 in the morning central time as we record this. And I'm not ready to fall asleep because we actually have winning Blues hockey to talk about. God, no, I'm not falling asleep either. I am riled up and pumped. That game was the best game we've seen the Blues play in Edmonton, and I thought they played well in the second, third period of game two. This was by far their best game. I mean, if, if we were in a you know Civil War battle and we needed to charge the hill, you're leading that charge, Wags. You are pumped up tonight. I am. I am. That was just a, a classic 2019 St. Louis Blues game, <laughs> wearing a team down, getting in the goaltender's face, timely shots. Hell, Justin Falk scored a goal. I mean, Justin that should get Falk. you excited right there. And, and not only that, but as we'll talk about here, Justin Falk was probably the best Blues defenseman tonight, and that is – That's not saying something tonight. <laughs> I, I was going to say I, I was going to say that's good, but it's also kind of frightening when you think about it. But, I mean, hey, we'll take it. I mean, if this is a Justin Falk we're going to get from here on out, maybe he doesn't need to go to Seattle. His confidence level tonight looked wildly different than he's shown with the Blues at all this year. He was strong on the puck. He was confident in his, in his decisions on offense to shoot, to make moves. He was joining the rush. He was doing everything we expected him to do all year. And if he continues, like you said, yeah, there's no reason for him to go to Seattle. And if you can re-sign Petrangelo, hats off to you too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's kind of interesting how I think this playoffs could seal the fate for uh, either Petrangelo or Dunn because Dunn's been kind of up and down a little bit. You know, I mean, he's he, he's made some defensive lapses. Um, he hasn't been the scary threat on offense that he usually is. So. You know, I'm wondering if the case for moving on from Dunn is being made 
um, a little bit more in this playoffs, especially if you need to re-sign Petro for one, but also because, you know, if you look at the Blues, the defensive depth, you have Scandella, you still have Gunnarsson, you have Nico McCullough, who they're very high on. In fact, I would like to see McCullough in game four over Gunnarsson because Gunnarsson has been caught with his pants down multiple times this playoff series. And I think it's time to give the young kid a shot. And then, of course, you have Scotty Prunovich, our, uh, uh, our favorite here on Blue Notes. Uh, Hand Crush Monday. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hand Crush Monday. That's right. And it is Monday when we're recording this. So there you go. Uh, up to the minute podcasting here <laughs> on Blue Notes. So uh, that's the positive thing we could talk about with this defense. The negative, well, they were awful at times tonight, uh, including on the, uh, on the first uh, Canucks goal where, again, Gunnarsson was nowhere to be found. I mean, it, it's pretty bad when I have to validate uh, Pierre Maguire's comments on NBC Sports uh, because he pointed out, he was asking, well, why is Tyler Bozak the guy, you know, that's back on defense? Why was Tyler Bozak the guy back on defense, Wags? I have no idea. It's the second time in as many games that you have Petrangelo and Gunnarsson on the same side of the ice and allow a guy to just get into the zone with speed that's the, that's the thing. Like, you're on a power play for Vancouver, yes. So the Blues PK should not allow entry into the zone that easily and with that amount of speed. It was just – it was baffling to me. And, and you feel sorry for Bozak because he should never be put in that position. But the bounce-back ability of the Blues shown through tonight, and that is why I can overlook it for one game. <laughs> and then and then on, then on the second goal, you had uh... – uh, Scandella and Pareko, who we've heard all about their chemistry, and they do have chemistry. They got a little too close to each other, Wags, you know, and, you know, no, no social distancing happening there. Um, and also not very good hockey play as well. Uh, Scandella tonight, I thought at times he looked good, at, but at times he looked very bad. It was, it was a very mixed bag for him tonight. It, it really was. It made you question if he is the right replacement for Jay Bowmeister, but you know, then he made a play in overtime where he jumped into the offensive zone, kept the puck in the zone. So it's like I'm still higher on Marco Scandella than I am lower. It's going to be interesting to see how he continues to play. Uh, you talk about Gunnarsson being a guy that maybe needs to, you know, check out of this game. How about getting a guy like Robert Bortuzzo in there? I know he's not fast, no, but – the way this team wins is with grit and wearing teams down. We saw that tonight. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if you, you put that, that onus on him to try and keep up or what? Well, Bortuzzo's a righty shot, of course. Yep. And that's one area the Blues are stacked in, especially if Falk's going to be playing like this. I mean, you know, you would think usually, I mean, I was advocating game two that Falk sit down for Robert Bortuzzo. They didn't go that route, and that's probably a good thing. Um, but who sits if you bring in Bortuzzo? Do you do you sit Gunnarsson and then go back to the uh, vaunted Falk Petrangelo mixed bag? Uh, no, because I mean, honestly, they played well together, Petrangelo and Falk. When they did play together, it was a pretty solid pairing. But then that means you put Bortuzzo with Dunn, and <laughs> you're already talking about Dunn's lapses on defense. And then at, at that point, you're basically saying, okay, Bortuzzo, you're our defenseman. Pretty much. I don't like that either. So I would be hard-pressed to actually put Bortuzzo into the lineup as much as I'd want to. But I, I like your idea of Mikola. I mean, he showed in the short stints that he's gotten that he's ready for the NHL. Yeah. He's a big body. He could bring the, the grit. 
So uh, bringing in Mikula for Gunnison might not be a bad idea. And I think it's a, it would also be a show of confidence in Mikola. If he's going to be a part of this team going forward for years to come, I mean, why not start now, uh, you know, by building up his confidence, letting him play well in the playoffs where the game yeah. counts, uh, which is kind of like what they did with Jordan Cairo tonight. And we can shift on to that. So no Tarasenko tonight. We, uh, they scratched him. Uh, I thought that was a right move. He looked very slow, very pensive, you know, uh, in the in game two. Uh, I, I just, he, he's got way too much rust on him. I think for whatever reason, he didn't shake the rust off during the, uh, round Robin games at all. Um, and then you, then in comes Jordan Cairo, who, yes, he's not great on his own end. You know, I mean, Tarasenko defensively is a lot better than Cairo. He's a lot more seasoned. Um, but Cairo, I thought provided the offensive spark that the blues were hoping to get out of Tarasenko. He looked very fast. He uh, looked dangerous with the puck. He needs to shoot when he's in the slot, though. Like, he had that chance. And I just, like, I don't know why he did not pull the trigger. I know he's a kind of a playmaker mentality, so he's got this kind of the same issue that Thomas has, where Thomas sometimes will pass up juicy shots in favor of making a pass. Um, But regardless, I thought Kairou looked very promising tonight, uh, and he looked good enough to where I want to see what he does in game four. And I'm going to put a hot take out there right now. I don't think you play Tarasenko in game four either. Nope. I, I don't think you play him again until you are, you have a game, a lead in the series and you put him back out there for another game and see what he brings. And if he doesn't bring what you want, you don't play in the rest of the playoffs. I, I know that's an unbelievably selfish thing to say, Yeah. but you know, we talked about it in our, in our best blues bracket. Maybe Vladimir Tarasenko is a guy that's overrated in this town and if he can't shake whatever he's got right now that might prove true I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna float this out here and i know it's it's way too early to make this call and i don't think it's particularly fair on tarasenko to make this call but if tarasenko next season starts off flat doesn't shake off the rust and looks just okay out there do you expose him to seattle Ooh, I, I'd almost see what you might be able to get in a trade. Like, like, like a flurry deal. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just see what you can get in a trade. And, and right there that frees up some money for Petrangelo. If you do it before the, the season starts, uh, like in the off season, or it just gives you the ability to have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to the deadline next year. Um, but you know, I, I don't think he's going to start off slow next year. Um, I really think he's going to bounce back. It's He's a great goal scorer. I just think this team needs to find a way to actually get him into the lineup the right way. This this team seems to think that it's when he's out there, it's for him, 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 him. Yeah. And you just saw tonight how, I wouldn't say loose they played, but they did. They played loose. They played like anybody had a chance to score the goals. Any You could pass to anybody you wanted. You didn't have to necessarily force it to the guy. And I'm not saying that Tarasenko's out there going, look, I'm the guy, guys. I need the puck. I don't think he's that selfish. But I think the team as a whole thinks that he is the guy and that's who they need to get the puck to. And you just saw it tonight. They just looked cleaner, crisper, and faster. They still have some holes to patch up, especially yep. on defense. But I agree with you. I thought the effort was there. 
Um, I wish they had a little bit more um, gumption on offense to, you know, maybe fire the shot instead of holding on to it like that last power play, which was painful. But even still, though, we, we can't get on to them too much when it comes to shots because they did pump 49 shots on goal in this game. That's a good number. Um, and by, and also Vancouver pumped 41 shots at Jake Allen as well. And uh, before we bring on our friends at the stick and rink podcast, uh, our special guest for this episode, uh, we do need to talk about that because after a couple shaky performances, Ruby pulls the trigger, sits Bennington puts in Jake Allen and he proceeds to stop 39 of 41. And it, quite frankly, with the defense kind of leaving him hang out to dry, like your mama's linens, you know, as I said on Twitter earlier, um, he stood up, he made the big saves. This, this, we saw what Jake Allen could be, you know, the, the, the Jake Allen that we were promised, you know, years ago, you know, this was a very good game by Jake Allen. And it's, it's to the point, I know they're playing a back to back. So I, I don't know if they're going to go to Bennington tomorrow or not. If they go, if they, they go with Allen again, I wouldn't be miffed about that. What do you think? No, I wouldn't be shocked about that at all. But honestly, this was a this was a no lose situation. I think for the Blues, in a sense that you know Allen was going to play one of these two games anyway, and he if he came in like he did tonight and he wins Game Three, convincingly or not, you know if they win Game Three, you're back in the series. It gives Jordan Bennington a break. Maybe lets himself reset. He can watch and look and see what Jake Allen is doing. And between these two guys, Bennington and Allen, they are competitors. Okay, yeah. Jake Allen plays better when he has a goaltender that's pushing him. Well, Jordan Bennington's the same way, I think. So the fact that now Jake Allen went out and played the way he did, if Bennington goes back in tomorrow night, I expect to see the Jordan Bennington of last year, someone that bounces back, takes the, takes the challenge head on, and goes, okay, Jake, I see what you did there. I'll one-up you. Shut out. I mean, that, that's just the way I, it, it, it seems like it could go. And that's, and that's kind of the way that a lot of NHL teams are this playoffs. I mean, you have Vegas alternating between Leonard and Fleury. You have uh, Carolina alternating between Morazic and Reimer. I mean, this, this really does, has become a two-goalie league. And, you know, in the past with the Blues, when you had uh, Halak and then you had uh, um, Brian Elliott, you always were concerned about do I pick, which goalie do I pick? Do I pick the right one? Do I pick the one? It was a, it was a goalie paradox back then. Mm-hmm. But now I think NHL teams are starting to learn how to live life with two NHL goaltenders. Yeah, I, I really do. And, and did you see the the uh, the statistic that was put out there tonight about uh, goals against average for goaltenders with a minimum of twenty five games played? No, what was it? Uh, so the guy that has the best, Patrick Laleem. I know. <laughs> I, I saw that too, and I was like, "What the?" That Patrick Aleem. <laughs> that Patrick Aleem. He had he had a sub two goals against average in a minimum of twenty five playoff games. Maybe, better than Patrick Watt. Better than Martin Broder. I mean, maybe unbelievable. The, maybe the secret with him was just don't play during the regular season. You know, it might have been even for the playoffs. Yeah, well, Jake Allen was fifth on that list, and it only got better as it went on. So there there might be something to to Jake Allen in the playoffs. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get on our guests from Vancouver, the Stick and Ring podcast boys. And uh, they've been waiting very patiently. And we, uh, before we uh, bring them on here, of course, it wouldn't be possible for them to come on without our good friends at Manscaped. 
This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below the belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Beautiful NHL 94 music means it is time for our Blue Notes face-off of the week. And who else could we face off with but our uh, Vancouver Canucks host on the Hockey Podcast Network, Elijah and Josh with the Stick and Ring Podcast. Uh, and boys, I'm so glad you can make it tonight. Um, I'm glad you showed up without uh, sulking and going to bed like normal human beings. Um, but, uh, I, I do want to say, first of all, GG's tonight, because this was, that was a, uh, pretty well-played game on, on, I mean, save for a few issues on the blues side. Good game. Yeah. No, thanks, Tom. We, we appreciate you guys having us on the show here. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I appreciate the good game and I appreciate kind of the ambiguity of your statement because me and Josh, you know, we, uh, we PVR the game. We still haven't watched it yet. So we're pretty sure they're connected. Oh. They're going to come out on top. Um, we're really <laughs> not worried whatsoever about this game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that it's probably going to be a blowout, if you ask me. Well, but honestly, good sportsmanship. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Good sportsmanship. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> Spoiler I'm reading the whiteboard, and it says Jake Allen. So, apparently, apparently Bennington's on the bench. I guess that's kind of cool. But Yeah. Yeah, no, nah. that, was, that was a fucking shitty ending. I mean. That was brutal. That was, that was <laughs> tough. You know, that's – all the radio shows and everyone that I've been listening to in Vancouver, they've obviously they've been saying, like, no matter what happens to the Canucks, um, you're going to lose a game eventually. And we kind of haven't really felt that in a while now. So, well, look, look, at some point we needed our own version of the Bo Horvat, you know, jailbreak breakaway, you know, and Shen had that for us in overtime. So we just, we just, we just wanted to know what it felt like. Yeah. You know, honestly, like, man, Shen is, he's so good. And like that, that one play, I don't know if I want to put this on Quinn Hughes. Like he was down low a lot in that final, in that final play. And then you think, well, who's the forward that's supposed to be covering the point? But at that point, like, Spetcher's not going to catch this guy. And, you know, props to Shen. I mean, that guy just fucking wired it over Markstrom's shoulder. Like, there's no chance he's going to get it. So I'll give you that one. But all that other bullshit that went on earlier, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I got to say as well, I, I don't think – I think there was a lot of surprise St. Louisans when Shen actually scored because – 
we were I was kind of getting worried that Jacob Markstrom was going to have a Corpus Solo, you know, type of a game where he ends up stopping like 60 plus. Yeah, because he, he was having one of those games tonight, guys. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been someone to lean on for this whole year. That's that's for sure. And I'm sure you've noticed in the playoffs, he's been pretty rock steady. Um, but the one key about that, Tom and Wags, is that how did it go for Corpus Allo? I mean, well, yeah, he hasn't thing. been the same. 85, 85 saves and he didn't even win the game. So here we are. I mean, Marky had one, Marky's had a few of those games already. Even in the first game, I mean, he played that we lost, he played great. Um, this game that we lost too, he played awesome as well. Um, but Jake Gallon, I mean, this guy came to play today too. I, I made a tweet earlier today or might've even been yesterday that, I mean, if Jake Allen starts, I think we win every game in this series. Cause I just remember, I remember the previous playoff Jake, you know? And you know, Wags, I, I, I think I had said that if, uh, I, I forget who we were talking to, we may have been talking to the large cast boys about this, but if we, I made a comment that if we see Jake Allen in the playoffs, there's a serious problem. And I think, I think Wags is fair to say there's a serious problem with Jordan Bennington. Uh, there is. Uh, and he does not look like the guy he did last year, but you know, it, it's Edmonton. And for some reason, the blues just don't play well on Edmonton ice regardless. Uh, there, there's some sort of vision issue or something along those lines, but Jake Allen looked phenomenal tonight um, you know he kept this team in the game uh, that that goal by Pedersen he had no chance on and that oh, was yeah. a hell of a shot by yeah. Pedersen and, and that's the thing with this is the Vancouver team is they have so much talent they're very very scary yeah and for Jake Allen to do what he did he was able to match Markstrom's play tonight and I, I don't know about you guys up in Vancouver but when you get good goaltending you, you're just happier yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, um, you know, I was talking, uh, like just in the middle of the overtime period, you know, Elijah and I were talking, I made the point, like, you know, as you know, the overtimes like get on and on, like these goalies get more and more sharp too. Like it, it's, it's inevitable. Like you're facing like 50 shots, like ha like you're obviously seeing the puck. Well, especially when the game's tied at two, you know, like Markstrom went two goals on or a goal every 25 shots. Like that's, pretty good and then obviously you know Jake Allen same thing so I mean right now like the goaltending I think is uh the difference maker like I think the one thing that I will credit St. Louis to doing is before the series I made the point of you know Vancouver has to really play that speedy game and not try and you know get sucked into this physicality that St. Louis does so well I mean what do you guys have one player under six feet I'm pretty sure I saw that stat statistic by TSN um, and you know, I, in the overtime period, a little bit in the third, like I saw these guys, like they're getting roughed up. Like it's, it's definitely, you know, something to, you know, cause for concern. Like can St. Louis actually outlast Vancouver in, in a game? Yeah. yeah. That's what they proved last year. I mean, they, they wore down everybody. I mean, the San Jose sharks are now broken because of the St. Louis blues. And if they get into that style. They haven't. Yeah. If they get that style, then they're they're going to dominate games. Once they start getting into that mode of hitting, cycling the puck, and puck possession, this team is one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, the Blues turned you know Eric Carlson into Wade Redden. <clears throat> yeah, you know that's that, that that's how bad they beat up. And 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 the thing with the Blues, is, you know, you, you mentioned you know their, their their size and their heavy play. It's not just the fourth liners that lay the wood on opponents. No. I mean. 
everyone hits. Uh, Braden Shen had the second most hits among forwards with five tonight. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and, and I heard he, he had eleven in the other game. And lots yeah, of he, he's 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 got moxie, as they say. But you know, he's a he's a top line guy. I mean, uh, O'Reilly will throw the body every now and then. Uh, uh, the top hitter tonight was actually David Perron with seven. Yeah, you know, and this is and this is a guy that uh, you know, for really all intents and purposes, has been the best Blues forward since his return to play. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Like, I, like looking at this matchup now, like you know, this is a first round series in the playoffs. So like, you know, St. Louis, like they're used to getting the shit beaten out of them in the Central Division. Like, it, not saying like they're actually losing, but like just like that hard nosed hockey. Like, you the know, division. Yeah, like, it's not easy to play in that division. And, you know, the Pacific, I would say, is a little bit more, not necessarily skilled, but a little more quick, um, yeah. if anything. So, you know, if this comes down to, you know, hits and physicality and injuries and, you know, what team can kind of outlast the other in terms of that aspect of the game, like, as a Canucks fan, I'd be worried, um, for sure. But, I mean, if we if Vancouver, like, if we can keep skating and just, you know, trying to move around your – huge freaking brick houses you call defensemen like i think we're going to be fine yeah definitely it's it's uh it's it's still going to be a heck of a series regardless i mean i i'm the fact that the blues this was like the turning point game of the whole series because it's blues lose it's three and oh and you're climbing a mountain that might be insurmountable and not only that but you're just completely demoralized because nothing has gone right for you since this return to play started now it's two to one so uh, if you're the Canucks, what do you do from here? Where do you go from here? Do you really make any big changes? Uh, well, I think the way the Canucks lineup has been, I mean, <clears throat> there wasn't too many guys today that you can say like, wow, that guy had a really shit game. I mean, Jake Vertanen takes a pretty stupid penalty in, in overtime. And I mean, he, he's been kind of a, he's been kind of a goat, like a, a sacrifice goat for our team for the better half of this return to play. But it, the guys waiting in the lineup, I mean, we only really have Toffoli who, who is word is he's getting better, but I don't think he's coming back by tomorrow. I don't, I really don't see any changes coming tomorrow. We know no, nothing's happening in goal. Um, right. And yeah, I, I, just, I don't see really many options happening with that uh, other than maybe Myers. If, if that's all he needed was one day, but um, I, I thought today, I mean, for, for the St. Louis guys that noticed like Ben, Ben came in having not played since I think March, even before the season ended, like he was out for quite a while and, and he played pretty damn well. Him and Fantenberg were a solid f- fifth and sixth defenseman. So I, I really don't see a problem there either. And, you know, you talk about Markstrom going again tomorrow. And in this playoff that we're in now, you've got a lot of potential back-to-backs. You know, the Blues are lucky in a sense that they have two strong goaltenders. Yes, Bennington struggled. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Vancouver, is it going to be to their detriment that, you know, they don't really have a backup that is at the level of Markstrom. I know Thatcher Demko is, is really the goalie of the future there, but is that any sort of worry that maybe you're going to be putting too much on Markstrom going forward if you guys do, even if you guys do advance? You know, honestly, like, I, I think Markstrom, like, you know, this guy's a UFA at the, end of, at the end of the year. Obviously, this guy's looking for length. He's looking for a contract. You know, I think – the pressure for that uh, for himself to perform is, you know, obviously going to be, you know, dictating this future. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're beating St. Louis, that's good. But if you're getting blown out in the next series, like, you know, that's easy for the Canucks brass to be like, well, I mean, we didn't win. 
and you know you kind of cost us you know maybe in the semifinals but uh, I, I'm not too concerned I mean you're right Demko when he came in when Markstrom was hurt you know he was mediocre at best I would say he wasn't anything special he wasn't playing to that extreme level but even looking tonight like in Markstrom's play like he's laughing after the whistle like I think that one goal where Bozak tries yep. to drive the net and uh, I think it was Pearson that flips the puck and is at his own goalie and he laughs it off like you know there's like this guy's playing loose I, I think he's having fun like he's you know this is his time to shine like I feel like this is his crease to lose I'm not too worried to be honest yeah, and I, I like the fact that even though he's an opponent I like the fact that I saw that smirk a couple of different times. Yeah. When you're playing, you, you just want to play against guys that are having fun. Yes, it's a difficult grind. And you want to beat their ass. Yeah. But they're still playing a game. And it's, it's nice to see that kind of personality because you don't see that a whole lot in hockey because of, you know, obviously the marketing isn't all that great. But, you know, I like seeing it. Yeah. And the professionalism and whatnot that comes with the game, obviously. Yeah. Speaking of professionals, um, I remember you guys mentioned a certain player I, I couldn't really pinpoint his name i think it was david something uh i think in our market we know him as the tint advisor fuck but um i think his name's peron <laughs> one of uh yeah we're, we're not a big fan of him over here but me you know me and what's a couple the, friends the story? but but what's he's the backstory doing, for that? what's that what's the backstory with peron in vancouver well okay actually i don't i i personally have no backstory for it i don't think there's any reason to hate like any any okay. previous history but I think obviously with his play, me and me and a friend were talking today about whether or not, you know, like, is he, is he a, like a scummy player? And I, like, I don't think he is, he hasn't done anything crazy, crazy dirty, but you know, he's, we, we've made some, some comparisons to Matthew Kachuk in the style of, of whistle to whistle play. But honestly, it, it kind of reminds me of that kind of guy who he's not a fighter, but man, is he a playoff playoff chirpy guy? He really is, he, and he's a character. I mean, he is, you know, I've had a chance to talk to him uh, after games before, and he's he's one of the uh, one of uh, our local reporters' favorite blues players just because he's a really good soundbite. Uh, he loves to chirp. He loves to have fun. Um, and, and it, But at the same time, he, he's really evolved, I think, as a player because I feel when he was younger, you know, and in, in his first couple stints with the blues, he was a lot chippier. Um, he still, he still tends to draw the occasional stupid penalty. That's kind of his MO. Um, but at the same, and then you'll see him like doing things like tonight where he, you know, tackles Thatcher into the uh, net and, you know, has a go at him. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't, I feel wax. He doesn't do that as much as he used to. I feel he's kind of evolved into a more, more mature player as years have gone on. And obviously wag is a lot better scorer too. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I tell you that the turning point for him, and he didn't play a whole lot in Pittsburgh, but being able to be in the same locker room as a Sidney Crosby, I think that really opened his eyes as to what kind of pest kind of player he could be because I'll make no bones about it. I hate Sidney Crosby. I really do. I think he's <laughs> just a worthless player. Uh, but wow. he's also a very smart player. Yeah. He, you know, he, he knows how to draw penalties. He knows when to you know, make a bad play you know one of those pests kind of plays and he's he's a good goal scorer I'll, I'll, I'll give him that but he's he's another one of those guys that you don't you know he, he tries to get away with some stuff and yeah. I I think Perron learned a lot from Crosby and like you said he matured as he played from there so I hate to give credit to it but yeah I give credit to Sidney Crosby for making David Perron the better player that he is now yeah all right, that's the, the, the conversation of Crosby will have to be a lengthy one at, at one day. 
that we'll have to we'll have to deep dive into that. But that just hurt my feelings. Just, like. Yeah, why are you coming at us Canadians like that? What the hell, eh? <laughs> Fuck. Are you gonna tell me fucking McDavid's a worthless player too? Because yeah. I'll actually. Oh God, McDavid. McDavid is a McDavid is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I I hope he gets the hell out of Edmonton and actually yeah. gets on a team that can get him into the playoffs and go far. Yeah, some something like the uh, the, the Dallas Stars or like the I don't know like an American team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. We, I feel like we're doing a little patriotic thing here. We're going at each other. <laughs> You're either coming at the oh, Canadian yeah. players or the Canadian cities. He, he already talked about oh. the Edmonton Ice too. He's coming at our ice quality too. Well, and, and you talk about like ignorant American fans. I mean. Here in the Central Time Zone, we don't really get to watch a lot of West Coast and Mountain Time hockey. Yeah. So we, we we don't really get to see McDavid very often. If anything, we feel kind of cheated with this return to play because we only got to see McDavid play a couple of games. And as amazing as he was, I mean, Edmonton, you know, does what Edmonton does. Uh, and I feel that's kind of the same thing with some of your Canucks stars as well. Like I made the point on the large cast that uh, a lot of Blues fans that I've talked to don't really know much about the Canucks as far as who their stars are anymore because you have such a young team. Um, you know, the, the, the name Elias Pettersson, the name Brock Besser, the name Bor Horvat, those are still names that, you know, I don't feel are really household names yet here in America. So, yeah, you know, I, this, this is, I mean, so it's, 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 it's kind of, it, it, while the start times of these games really suck for central time zone fans, the ones that do get to stay up and watch, like us two nutbags, um, we get to watch some very good hockey from some very young players. And I made the point on the large cast uh, this past week that this is going to be Elias Pettersson's time to, you know, get into the households, you know, of, of hockey fans everywhere, uh, especially if the Canucks get past the Blues in the first round. I mean, this is his chance to make a name for himself. And and he's already doing a heck of a job this playoffs. I, I mean, he's proving that, you know, he is a playoff performer. Definitely. And I think the, the whole thing about household names and stuff like that, it's true for every team, right? Like we, we get to watch our own team so much and we, and maybe even the in division guys, you get to watch a little bit, even outside of that, like same conference, you just don't get to see a lot of, the, of their everyday players. And I mean, if, if everyone in St. Louis doesn't know who Bo Harvard is, I, I guess you can ask Vince Dunn and Jaden Schwartz, but <laughs> Jaden Schwartz is actually one guy, one guy that I, this is how I'm going to phrase it for him because as a Canucks fan, I'm sure our whole market feels like this. The series is very much in the balance now with a back-to-back -back happening and a, only a one-game lead. It's very much in the balance. And out of everyone on your team, I am most terrified of Jaden Schwartz because watching the last year's run and watching the way he's playing right now, whether or not he's on the score sheet or not, I mean, this guy, he has the, the potential to just break out out of nowhere. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing with Schwartz. He kind of reminds me a little bit of a Jeff Cortnall in that he is very streaky. You know, Courtnall mm -hmm. used to drive Blues fans nuts. I don't know about Canucks fans, but he drove us nuts because he was the kind of player that would score in bunches. Like, you know, he would have like a, you know, a couple two goal games, you know, maybe a couple hat tricks. And then he'd go like 10 or 15 games without scoring anything, you know, and, and Schwartz is, a, is kind of streaky like that. He'll, you know, he, he won't appear on the score sheet sometimes, but he does a lot of things. Well, he's, he, he, he's easier Jack of all trades forward in that, you know, he can score a little, he can pass a little. Uh, he's not afraid to get into the boards and do some of the dirty work. I mean, he's not a, he's not a heavy on this team, but I mean, he doesn't back down either. No, he's, um, he's got it. He's he's, like, the way I see him, he's, he's one of the perfect playoff performers you guys have. Like uh, whether or not he's on the score sheet, like he reminds me a lot of, of uh, what Bo Horvat is doing. Like Bo, Bo's been lucky enough to hit the score sheet quite a bit, but he's doing like, 
he is buzzing all over the ice. He's one of your best forwards. And like you said, I think the score sheet thing needs to be tossed out because of how much, how many intangibles are involved in playoff hockey. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and Schwartz is, is definitely one of those intangibles guys where I feel wags where, I mean, he's, he also provides a little bit of leadership and he's, I mean, he's just, he's a guy that, I, I, he's a, he's a guy that I potentially could see moving on in the next year or two, just because of the financial situation and the fact that he does have two years left on his deal. Um, and I'll be, but I'll be, I'd be sad to see him go Wags. Oh, no question. I mean, not, not just because of what he does on the ice, but what he's done off of his ice. I mean, if you know the story about his sister, Mandy, her, her, her lost battle and, and what he's done for, you know, cancer research and the like of that, yeah, he would be a, a tough guy to lose. And it's crazy to say that considering last year during the regular season, everybody was like, when the hell can we get rid of Jaden Schwartz's contract? Because he had one of the most epically bad seasons, bad luck seasons oh, that God. you've ever seen. Yeah. Poor guy. Just, and, and then he, he comes out in the playoffs and just goes nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, the poor guy just could not <laughs> buy a goal for the longest time. It was really unfair. Um, I, I felt, and uh, it was good to see him break out the way he did. But speaking of breaking out, I mean, you know, I met, I was, I was talking about how, you know, some of your Canucks players aren't household names yet. Well, I don't think anyone in St. Louis that watches the blues will ever forget the name Bo Horvat after this playoff. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, I mean, we get, I mean, we're already to the point where some of us get PTSD when we see him coming up the wing, you know, with a wide open lane, you know, like he has, I mean, we're, uh, I mean, is, uh, I feel, I mean, I know Horvat. I know he's been, he's been a big part of the Canucks for a couple of years, but I mean, he just seems like from my perspective, to be getting better and better. Yeah, no, honestly, we were, we brought this up on our latest episode actually. And you know, these past two games, like just seeing this guy, you know, the moves that he's making against St. Louis, like the actual like skating and like head up and just like his sweet handles, like it's nasty. And, um, one of our, um, one of our news channels up here, like TSN, like they're saying, like if this was, you know, McDavid or Crosby pulling these moves, like this would be on highlight reels for the entire playoffs. And because it's Horvat, like, you know, like you said, like he's not a household name in a lot of markets. Like it's not just the central division. Like I would argue like Pacific division teams, like if they're not Canadian, like they probably don't know about Bo Horvat, like what this guy does, you know, like the respect that this guy gets, like, you know, I think he's going to earn it. And, you know, this is his first year officially as captain, which is huge. And, you know, he's starting to become, you know, that leader in the locker room. Like he kind of got off to a slow start in regular season. You know, we kind of started to see him come alive a little bit, like kind of a streaky guy. Um, But, you know, these past two games, like to me, like that is a guy like who does everything, scoring shorthanded goals, you know, doing it himself and just like setting that example. And, you know, for a guy that's what, I think 25, I want to say, Elijah? Uh, I think 24. 24. He is 25. He is 25. 25 years old. Like this guy's playing like he's like 30 years old. Like he's a seasoned veteran almost, it seems. Like the maturity, his composure, like – you know, if the Canucks obviously keep going on this playoff run and if they keep making the playoffs years to come, like this guy is a true asset to this team. So, by the way, can we officially say that the Canucks have won the Corey Schneider trade? 
<laughs> yeah. Years, years later, we can tell that to Mike Gillis if we want to. I'm sure he'd be very glad to hear it. He's probably saying, screw you to all Vancouver fans that ever doubted him. Yeah, You're I'm welcome. Sure, I'm sure he'll take his termination notice that he got from the Canucks and he'll say, see, I fucking told you. He'll be like Al Gore with the whole fucking <laughs> climate change thing. He'll be like, see, 20 years later, I'm telling you, it's real. <laughs> oh man and and here we go for another hour talking about climate change yeah um, sorry i watched so south park today i'm just so i'm, I'm loving i'm just feeling super humorous <laughs> how, how, okay how can you how do you like south park after what they what they did to, to canada come on i like it's it's gold like they're i think they're probably one of the top three comedic geniuses to ever walk this planet like if you actually really? if you actually watch their episodes i don't know how the fuck they get away with doing half the shit they do but it just I, I don't know. I'm loving every minute of it. That's all I got. And they're probably and I and at this rate they're gonna outpace the Simpsons, you know, for longevity yeah. saying yeah. something. As long as they don't, don't overdose on some sort of narcotic, I think they're good to go. That's right. Well, remember, blame Canada. Yeah, all uh, <laughs> so looking so looking at the rest of the playoffs here, so the winner of this series takes on Dallas and Calgary. That series well, is not necessarily because they, they reseed well, after they re-seed? after the first round. They yeah, did, they reseed. Okay. Uh, then, uh, then, then scratch that. But uh, uh, taking a look at the rest of the Western Conference right now, the way things are shaking out, I mean, Vegas looks like they're going to take out Chicago eventually. They could have taken them out today, but they just couldn't break Crawford for some reason. Yeah, I have Chicago uh, in seven, by the way. Yeah, I, 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 I still have Vegas in five. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I, as a Blues fan, I cannot in my in my heart of hearts pick chicago to win anything in life yeah you guys so. hate the hawks hey like is that kind of like your number one team that you guys just absolutely are. Really despised Dude. well here's the thing with the blues and blackhawks that's been the traditional rivalry since the blues got into the league in 1967 it's a regional thing and right. they're just built up animosity for decades i will say and wires can back me up on this for a while it was the red wings oh, i feel yeah. for uh, the, the, the Red Wings were, I mean, unfortunately, the Blues were always the Red Wings bitch in the playoffs. And that kind of, um, you know, fueled the fate a little bit. But uh, then when Detroit shifted over to the Eastern Conference, we just instantly just didn't care about them. They just like, they, they just like that faded off the sunset for us. Dude, imagine Wags if Sidney Crosby played on the Blackhawks. Like how much deep-rooted hate would be there? Oh, even more. It'd be crazy. <laughs> Crosby and Kane, I mean, a match made in hell. Yeah. We, <laughs> we might have to have like a 24-7 supervision on him, just make sure he doesn't do anything crazy. I mean, uh, well, yeah, because like, Kane might teach Crosby how to beat up taxi drivers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see, see, we can hate Americans too, okay? We, yeah, we, we can hate Americans too. Oh, yeah, we oh, can we hate, we can hate our own here. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of stupid Americans that we can, you know, riff on. Okay, so uh, Tom, what you were saying though, the, the team's coming out. I mean, it's probably looking like Colorado, Vegas, and let's whoever it is, Dallas, Calgary. I mean, I, those are kind of insignificant to me because I'm I'm down to play either of those guys, but I don't think any of us. I don't think either of us will get. Oh well, you guys are technically the four seed, right? Yeah, we're the yeah. four seed. Yeah, so I don't think either of our teams will be playing either of those teams, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, unless unless Western Conference Final, maybe, but I don't really like. I don't really you know, pay either one of those two teams to make it that far. For me, I think, I think Vegas is a team to beat so far. Interesting. I, I, I definitely think the way they're performing lends itself to that argument. But when I look at strict lineups and, and even just lineups before the return to play started, I, I like my chances against Vegas a bit more than I do against Colorado. And the example That's I fair. used is that, you know, the 
the Canucks style, the, the makeup of their roster is very top heavy skilled, like top heavy, you know, not, not grind, not, it's not a super deep team. And that's what Colorado is, but just better. Like they're, they're a better version of us in that sense, at least more, except, ma- more mature. Except for Kale McCarr. Yeah. And he's just going to yeah. walk Kale yeah. McCarr. Version of the, my, our verdict's still out on that one. But I mean, when you compare it to Vegas, it's a different type of roster. Like there is no star player on Vegas and, and it's, it's proven well for them against Chicago, but I actually kind of like that against the Canucks. Yeah. Vegas has a deep roster just up and down, you know, I mean, really, I mean, and then you got two, you know, world-class caliber goaltenders and Fleury and, and Leonard, especially, yeah. I, I mean, I'm really high on Leonard. I think Fleury's best days are done, but he's still a very capable goalie. Totally. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I mean, it, it's funny you mentioned Colorado because the blues have not played well against Colorado this year. I mean, and in fact, actually the last two times that Jordan Bennington was in Colorado, Uh-oh. he, I, I think he let in at least a half dozen goals, both times. Right. Oh, it was, shit. it was apparently, <laughs> apparently Bennington cannot play in Denver. We, we have learned that this year. He where, just cannot where can play Bennington play. He can't play in fucking Edmonton. Can't play in fucking Colorado. You can play in Boston. You can play in Boston. You can play in Boston. Yeah, you can play in Boston. Man, you can play in Boston. You can play in San Jose. But if it's if it's the Rockies, no. Yeah. yeah. Just, just the entire Rockies, just nope. Yeah, can't do it. Get rid of that. That's never happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just flatten them. Okay, so um, what are we thinking for tomorrow's game? How are you guys feeling about it? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm feeling pretty good after tonight, especially if they come out like they did tonight and they fix some of their Swiss hole, Swiss cheese holes on defense. Um, I'm, I feel actually pretty good that they can even this series up tomorrow night. Uh, I'm going to go, as far as the score prediction, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to say it's a repeat, three to two. What do you think, Wags? Uh, I, I think it really comes down to what Coach Green does as far as adjustments uh you know that it seems like the blues are starting to get into their game so what does vancouver do adjustment wise to change up their style of play slightly enough to actually get back to what they were doing in game one and two because they're a very scary team you know you, you've got like i said a lot of talent and if the blues can contain that talent and get their their cycle going and and limit the shots i, I think it's an easy three to one win but like you said, if they don't fix their Swiss cheese on defense and you get some puck possession by Vancouver in the offensive zone and the blues start taking some more penalties again, watch out. This could be a blowout. So yeah. I, I correctly predicted that Bo Hor- Horvat would have two multi-goal games already. I don't want to predict that Vancouver wins tomorrow night because I've been right so far. So I'm going blues three to one. All right. You're okay. putting your, you're putting your reputation on the line there with the undefeated streak. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to say four to one. Don't get me wrong. For for Vancouver, I think Jake Allen, he had a good game, but I I think he had too good of a game. I think uh, Vancouver, like they haven't – this is their first look at Allen. I think they're going to realize that they can beat this guy. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm calling four to one tomorrow. Empty netter, I should say. They're they're gonna pull it with three to one. They're gonna get an empty netter. So. I I love how detailed Josh gets with his predictions, man. Very detailed <laughs> prediction. I, the ver- the when we first started a podcast two years ago, we 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 did like a general. It was the season opener, and we did a general hockey preview, like literally every division, and it was like a two and a half hour episode. And when Josh was giving breakdowns of like how the division was gonna go, he was saying like 
New York Rangers are going to make the playoffs by four points, and they're going to have this many goals for and this many goals Get against. The fuck out and I'm like, holy not, fuck. Dude. It didn't go that Ow. way. Elijah just can't keep up mentally sometimes. So that's all it is. He's that guy, Josh. That's what he does. But, I mean, I'm going to throw some stats. Not even stats, just some little reasons for, the, for my pick. And it's going to be a nice 6-3 Canucks. I'm repeating my prediction of today, 6-3 Canucks. Because there's a couple differences that are going to happen. I think the power plays for both teams are going to jack up. We only had two two each this game. And, you know, the refing has not been – I don't want to say it's been inconsistent, but, like, the the vibe that they set at each game has kind of been inconsistent. And turn, especially today, like, they, they were letting everything fly for both teams. So well, um, the, the, the refs that we're calling this game typically call the least amount of penalties in, in the league. So that I think it was kind of expected today. Yeah. yeah interesting. I will say this game did feel a lot different than a lot of the return to play games so far. And that it felt like the refs did swallow their whistles a little bit. Not that, <laughs> not, that, not that there was a lot of like chippy play going on that I felt really warranted penalties, no. but you know, yeah, it, it definitely felt the, the the flow of the game felt a lot better without all those whistles. Yeah, and there was there was a couple times for each team in the late third and early overtime where you know there was a, a, an iffy play that might have resulted in an advantage, and but once they don't call one of those, they're not calling any of them, and then fucking Jake decides to take one of the most obvious penalties. I mean, I'm a big Jake fan, but yeah, that just sucked to watch. So I, I think with the penalties going up, I think that's that's favoring the Canucks recently, um, and just kind of like. You know, some radio guys in Canada and some, some, just everyone in the fan base has been kind of saying that maybe St. Louis isn't interested and, and that kind of, you know, you guys know that whole storyline about maybe it's the cupping or whatever. I actually don't think that's what it is. There's no, there's no athlete that feels not interested in that. Um, but I, I just think it's maybe the mental sharpness, like in, in regards to the turnover today that happened with Pedersen, like that's not someone being uninterested. That's just, you know, that, that mental sharpness isn't there the same way it was last year. And I think this is this being the Canucks' first chance at the playoffs. I think they're getting, you know, that they're they're eager to have some mental sharpness. So um, I, I just think that this is going to be a big. Is our first time really facing adversity in this playoffs? Maybe since Game One against Minnesota. So I, I just love the team the way this team's replied. So I'm pretty confident in it. Yeah, and, and it's it's it's. I think the Sill could go six or seven games very easily. I thought. Yeah. I thought going into this series that the blues might stumble out of the gate a little bit, just with the way they've been playing. And not only that, but Vancouver's been, you know, you, you guys have been playing very well. So I, I felt the first two games are going to be a struggle for the blues. And, and it's, it's kind of gone the way I've seen it, you know, and I, I, I maybe a few more mistakes from the blues than I'm, you know, than I counted for, but there's, but there's signs that they're, that, that mental sharpness, as you said, is coming back to the Blues a little bit. I thought, Definitely. believe it or not, believe it or not, I thought Justin Falk was the best Blues defenseman in Game Three. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. that. And that is saying a fuck ton because we <laughs> are about ready. We want, we are about ready to send him to Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even that. Bad. Yeah, before it, the draft, before the expansion draft, we want to send him to Seattle. Yeah, yeah. if we can find a way to get you know, you know, put a gun to his head and wave his no trade, then you know, we'll we'll do it. Otherwise, we're just going to cut his brakes in his car and you know, let let what happens happens. Yeah, yeah let let him go on the interstate and just you know, Jesus take the wheel at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, with uh, with Ju with Justin Falk, like I had to talk to my buddy because, like, to me, like I'm just like a huge, like. I'm a brand guy, I guess. Like I hear a last name. Like if I hear, I texted Elijah the other day and I'm like, how the hell is Kevin Shattenkirk on Tampa Bay? Like how the hell did they land that? 
And then he's like, dude, he's so bad. And then like, I hear Falk's name today on the TV. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, he's there too. And then I see him come buzzing off the bench and he just banks one. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's really bad guys. And they're like, no, Josh, he's actually bad. He just got a sick pass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I took a nap before the game just because I, I knew I'd need it just to survive it. And I missed part of the first period. So I was still kind of waking up a little bit when Falk scored that. And I was seriously wondering if I was having a fever dream or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, this, this, this what, was like, what, was, what was I, what am I seeing here? Yeah, you're yeah. wait. Yeah, you're waking up in a cold sweat. And you're like, Falk, Falk, Falk. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it is kind of the Tampa Bay style where like when you look at their D on paper, if you said to someone like three years ago, like, hey, they're going to have McDonough, Shattenkirk, Hedman, and who's they have one other big name? Oh, they have like uh, Sergachev too. Like on paper, yes, that sounds insane. But yeah. I mean, that's the way things play out over a couple of years, right? Same thing with Falk. Like, I think I used to be a number one defenseman on there. Well, Carolina, right? A couple of years ago, yeah. in Carolina. So I mean, and he and he was a number one defenseman while Ron Francis was in with in Carolina. So we're hoping and and here in St. Louis that that love between Francis and Falk can be rekindled in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Please God. let it happen. Knock on wood. So, all right. So, uh, really great chat, guys. Elijah and Josh from the Stick and Rink podcast. Uh, where can we find you guys? And uh, what do you got for us uh, this week on the Hockey Podcast Network? Well, so we're just like you guys were dropping episodes on Monday, and we've actually got back to two a week. So, we're doing Monday and Thursdays for our episode drops. Um, this, I guess, out already pretty soon by the time people hear this. Um, we have an interview with a local radio guy from Sportsnet 650, Dan Riccio. Uh, he does the Monday to Friday daily show with uh, called Reach Deep. And so we had a great interview with him. Uh, and then we've also got another radio guy coming on. We're doing an interview tomorrow that's going to air on Thursday. So tons of stuff coming your guys' way. Cool. And where can they find you on, uh, on the socials? That's right. We are at Stick and Rink Pod. Stick in rink pod. It's a very confusing word when I say it quickly, but it's just like the Canucks jersey. There's a stick and it's in a rink and it's pod right after that. Cool. Well, go check the uh, check those guys out. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for staying up. I mean, it's 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 about midnight where you are right now, so I guess it's not too late. Yeah, it's like but, four hours past my bedtime. Yeah. I'm actually pretty tired. I'm okay. not gonna I'm not gonna try and tell you how much sleep I'm gonna get, so I won't do that to you. <laughs> what is what is sleep anyway? Really? Yeah. We'll yeah. sleep when we're dead, boys. What's that it's weird word you speak of? <laughs> or, or or as Pat Maroon said last year, we sleep in July, which that's another eleven months from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, didn't know a pandemic was coming. Thanks. Yeah, right. So I guess we sleep in September. Yeah. Um, wake me when September ends, right? Yeah, wake me up when September hey, ends. A little Green right. Day reference. I'm I'm old enough to remember that <laughs> from a couple American idiots too. So. Yeah, oh, good touch. God, you're bringing me down the boulevard of broken dreams. You fucking oh, ah. <laughs> make me away to paradise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. I gotta go take a dookie, so you know I'll be yeah. back. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I love, got, it. I got love it, love it. All right, well, well, thanks for being on Green Day chat. I mean, uh, Blue Notes. Uh, and by the way, if, if you, we're, we're talking about household names and names you may not know about, well, you may have heard about these guys in Carolina, the Hurricanes. You know them as a bunch of jerks. Who are they? Well, we have uh, a podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network that covers all things Carolina Hurricanes. They are the Siren Sounder podcast. And here is just an example of what you can hear when you listen to Siren Sounder. Hey there. Have you ever thought to yourself, 
I really like hockey, and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life. And questionable opinions. Ha! <laughs> I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group, okay? That will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay, walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, put the phone down. Get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go Canes! All right, and that is going to do it for us here on Blue Notes. I actually got a couple of housekeeping things here I want to go over with. First of all, uh, we're going to be back Thursday night. I don't know if it'll be live like we've done before. This one is obviously not live because uh, the Wednesday night game is one of those wonderful TBD games, so we don't know when they'll schedule us. Knowing the NHL, it'll probably be 9.30, which is bullshit, but uh, that's an argument for another day, because uh, I'm feeling good, Wax. We actually won. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to get too, too down in the dumps over the NHL scheduling, but man, this sucks. If we win tomorrow night, then the schedule makers get another reprieve. If we lose and we don't get more sleep, yeah, then it's a bitch fest. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I may not make it through tomorrow night's game just in general. I mean, I'm lucky I don't have to go to work on Monday, but Tuesday I do, and that alarm glows off at 1.30 in the morning. So I got to be careful with that. So, uh, But we will be back Thursday in some way, shape, or form. We've got a potential... We got someone that we, a prospect, let's just say, that uh, we may want to work in the Blue Notes in the future. You may hear from him on Thursday. He's been very excited about being a part of the show. And uh, let's just say, if you like to hold the mayo, you know this guy. So that's all I'm going to say about him. Uh, but he's a character, and I hope we can work him into Thursday's show. He might be the third wheel on this podcast. So we'll, we'll, uh, he, was, he wanted to come on tonight, and then he fell asleep. It's okay. It's okay. I get it. It's, it's very late for you two down in New Orleans. But uh, so, so that look for that coming up later this week. Um, we are also in the process of updating our logo and our branding a little bit. So don't be surprised. Maybe not by Thursday, but maybe my next Sunday, uh, we'll have some new, uh, new things to show off, some new uh, graphics and new uh, uh things like that to show off as well. So we're working on that. And that means we'll update our merch at what for apparel, bluenotes.com. No, it's bluenotes.whatforapparel.com. So if you want to get some of that old classic blue notes merch, get it now because it's likely going away here in pretty short order. So we got that taken care of. And um, I guess that's really it wags, unless uh, you want to drop a final word. I'm ready for bed. I'll put it that way. My high is starting to come down from the victory. So I'm staring at my bed right now and it's going, join me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I feel it calling, calling my name too, as well. And I just got a new foam topper for my bed as well. So it's like, even it's like, now it's like really calling me, but regardless, 
Um, I need to stop rambling so I can actually, you know, get there someday. Um, but in the meantime, look, the Blues won, uh, and think about it. They're, they're one overtime away from this being two-to-one Blues. So hope is not lost. And you're a Star Wars guy, Wags. So, I mean, you know, this is episode 66, and I feel like the Blues are ready to execute Order 66 on the Canucks. What do you think? Ooh, I like that reference. Yes, yes. Yeah. We are definitely, definitely ready to execute some Jedi. <laughs> yeah, just as the Emperor awoke the sleeping giant that is the clone army, uh, the Blues have been awoken as well. So let's, let, let's, let's hope for better times. Let's hope for a dub on Monday and on Wednesday, and we'll be with you after the Wednesday game in some way, shape, or form. Follow us on our social media accounts uh, at Blue Note Spot on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, where we will uh, give you an update on what we're doing. But in the meantime, I want to thank you for listening, because without you, there is no me, there is no WAGS, there is no Hockey Podcast Network, and there is no Blue Notes. I'm Tom Franklin, reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.